You're listening to the Centre Church Podcast. We hope you enjoy this message recorded live from our Burgess Hill campus. Luke chapter 18, verses 15 to 17. It says this, People were also bringing babies to Jesus to have him touch them. When Jesus saw this, sorry, when the disciples saw this, they rebuked them. But Jesus called the children to him and said, Let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of God belongs to such as these. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. That last statement is quite challenging. I tell you the truth, anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. Here we have this passage, not only is Jesus encouraging children to come to him, because the kingdom belongs to such of these, kingdom belongs to the children, but he was also saying that the adults need to learn from them. There's something about their faith, something about their journey in knowing God that the adults, everyone around, needed to look at the children to learn. And it's kind of an interesting thing where God's kingdom is upside down in every capacity, right? How many of you think that way? Those of you who have been in church for a while, you, you realize actually God's way, his, his way of working is always profoundly different to what we think. I think it's easy to sometimes think that actually we, we, should, we should look at uh, the, the scholars or the, the Bible teachers, or the, you know, the, the ones that really can expound scripture to really understand what the kingdom of God is about. To really receive it. But actually Jesus says, you know what? I want you to focus on the children because they're the ones who get it. We need to unlearn some of our thought processes. Unlearn some of our reasoning so that we can receive the kingdom. Now what's Jesus saying here? The kingdom of God is to be received, right? It's not something that we can work for. It's not something that we can be good enough for. It's not something that we can simply, um, that we can simply kind of in our own merit go after. We just can only receive it and live in it. In God's kingdom, when we look at this aspect of what is God's kingdom, it includes things like salvation. Our salvation, coming to know who Jesus is, is something that we can only come in a place of just receiving His free gift that He gives towards us. It's only something that we can uh, receive. It's not something we can work for. It's not something we can, can put all our effort into. It's something that we simply have to believe and accept what Jesus has done. It's all upon what Jesus has done and really has nothing to do with what we've done. We're in simply in a position of receiving, but also just the forgiveness of sins. Sometimes I think sometimes we, we, we do things that are wrong and we, we feel this need to, to do penance or do things that somehow God will, will earn favor again with God. But actually God says we just, we receive His forgiveness. We just receive it. We confess our sins and then we receive our forgiveness. But it goes beyond that. That God, um, even as we looked at last week with what Chris said, it's not just about getting into the kingdom, it's about staying in. It's about these kingdom principles, wholeness and healing and restoration, even receiving love and joy and peace. Peace is one of those things that goes beyond our understanding that we can receive peace. You don't work for peace, you receive peace. You can be going through hell right now in your life, but you can walk in peace, not because of what you're doing, but because of just receiving what God has for you. You can be going through troubled situations, but receive joy to face and have strength to face tomorrow because of what Jesus is doing in your life. Everlasting life and freedom, power and strength are all things that are part of God's kingdom that are available for all of us, but we have to be able to receive them. 
Now, the challenge is, is looking at how do we receive God's gifts? How do we receive them? How do we receive the kingdom of God? Because actually Jesus says in this passage of scripture, it's the only way. Unless you do it like a child, you'll never receive it. You'll never enter into it. No matter how much you try, no matter how much of a spiritual warrior you really are, you'll never receive it. You'll never walk in it until you can receive it like a child. Wow. In my observation, kids are quite interesting. They do the unexpected. We have two kids, and sometimes you do wonder what goes on in your head. And any parent or grandparent can, I'm sure, attest to that. That children have these mind of their own that sometimes is, is interesting. And uh, especially little children. And uh, these, what I'm going to share today is, is some things, I guess, that I've learned from watching our own children over the years and, and watching other children and how they receive. How does a child, how does a little child receive? And uh, one of the first things that I, I've I've learned from, from children is they have great expectations when they know something's coming. Right? This is a great season. When you're around kids this time of year, it's something contagious because they're so excited. Even Caleb said the other, uh, the other day, actually it was about a week ago, said, I, I just can't sleep because I'm so excited for Christmas. <laughs> it's like, it's three weeks ago, three weeks away, son. I mean, that's, I, I struggled maybe the night before, but Caleb, it was three weeks I, I'm, I just can't sleep, so I'm so excited for Christmas. There's expectation of what they expect to receive. You see, that's something that's, as adults, sometimes we don't have a great expectation of what we're about to receive. We don't have an anticipation. They expect to receive something when it's promised. I don't know if you've ever promised a child something, but they're expecting to receive it. Right? Have you ever said to a child, we're going to go to McDonald's after this? And then start driving home and they remind you, we're going to McDonald's after this, Dad. I don't care if we're in our driveway. You said, you promised we're going to McDonald's. So we're going to McDonald's. Why? Because they take you at your word. There's, a, there's an expectation. There's a high level of in, anticipation. Children can't sleep at Christmas time because there's anticipation of what they're going to receive. I do wonder sometimes in our walk with God, God has promised so many things for us. We see in Scripture that the kingdom of God, there's so many available resources, so many things He's promised for your life. And yet I think we struggle with expectation. We, we set the bar very low. Well, if He comes, He comes. If there's presence, there's presence. But you know what? It really doesn't matter. Well, you know what? In God's kingdom, in order to receive, we have to be seeking and asking. We have to have this anticipation there's something more. There's, there's, there's a peace out there that I don't have. There's, there's a joy out there that I, I, I'm anticipating because you said, God, you, you have it for me. And so I'm anticipating. I've got an expectation that you're going to give it because you promised it. And I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have this like a childlike anticipation. God, you've got something for me. I know there's more than what I'm living right now. I know there's a greater capacity. And so I, I'm, I can't sleep at night because I'm so excited about what you're going to give my life. I'm, I'm so excited about what you're going to do in me. There's an anticipation. And I believe receiving the kingdom of God and what Jesus even talks about, how we receive from Him, comes from this anticipation. Even we see in James that we don't have because we don't ask. There's a sense of we have a very low expectation sometimes of what God could do. When God says, you know, I've got the kingdom available for you, but you'll never receive it if you never anticipate it. If you never choose to hope for something greater than what is. 
You see sickness and we just accept it. But actually God says, no, I've got something greater for you. I've got healing for you. I've got restoration for you. You might be bound or broken or, or hurt. But you know, God says, i got a restoration for you. But you've got you to gotta seek after it. There's, there's got to be something in you that hungers for that. It's the hunger. It's the, those who are hungry that will be satisfied. It's those who are thirsty that will be, the, 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 they will be quenched. Why? Because there's an anticipation. Like a child has anticipation to receive a gift. We need to have that anticipation. So if you think of a child, a little child, and how they anticipate something, you know, that's what God says we need to be like about His kingdom to receive it. Any of His promises, that's the, the expectation. But there, there's another observation I've made with children is that it's not performance-based. Receiving a gift is not performance-based. It's not about striving for it. A child does not think of their good merits in order to receive a gift. If you say there's a gift coming, they don't really care about who they are. They care about what you've said. And it has nothing to do with work performance. I never remember our kids feeling like they had to perform in such a way that at Christmas we would give them a gift. Our, you know, when they were four or five years old, there was just an expectation we were going to give them something. Why? Because, you know, it's Christmas. And yet sometimes I think for us as people, we, we, we struggle to receive from God because we, we, we feel we need to deserve it. We need to work for it. We need to work for His love. You know, if I just, if I am a really good person, God will just love me more. If, if I really, if I just try harder, then somehow God is gonna, God is gonna heal me. You know, I think anyone who's gone through, through illness, there's, we can jump through hoops of our own thinking that if I fast enough, if I, if I somehow press in enough, if I, if I just do enough work, that God's gonna somehow do something for me. And yet, we see Jesus saying, actually, to receive the kingdom and all that He has, it's not about striving or performance. It's just a matter of standing there with open arms, say, God, I, I just want it. Whatever you've got for me. I'm ready. It's so simple. And I think as, as, as adults, we overcomplicate what God wants to do. How many of you do you agree? We overcomplicate what God wants to do in our lives. He wants us to simply come to Him. Not, not work for it, not strive for it, not think that somehow we need to please Him in order for Him to release His blessing, but actually just come. And He wants to freely give to those who believe. Freely give. I want you to say that word freely. Freely. He wants to freely give to those who believe. You see, even Jesus says, you know, my yoke is easy, my burden's light. Children don't tend to worry, do they? Children that are in a healthy home situations don't tend to, to worry. Why? Because they're with someone who does, or takes care of them. They, 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 they just live in the moment. There's something about the kingdom of God that God calls us to live in the moment, to live in the now. Right? To not worry about tomorrow, to not get a, a way of a, kind of you know, projecting ourselves into the future, but to live present. Cast the cares upon Him. And just receive His peace, His grace to face today. To live in that state of being a child where it's not being irresponsible, it's just understanding that God is bigger and He's the one taking care of you. You don't need to manage your life completely. He's the one in control and we just surrender to His will. And then He takes care of the rest. What a great promise. But then children have this amazing ability to believe for the impossible. Or to believe the impossible. 
It's amazing how children can believe the most ridiculous stories if you tell them that. Right? How many of you have experienced that? I mean, to be honest, Father Christmas is one of the most ridiculous stories there is. With central heating and the rest, how could it possibly work? How could Father Christmas come down the chimney when we don't have a chimney? It's a little pipe at the back of a boiler. Where, where, where is he coming? Is he coming through the radiators? But a child doesn't really, doesn't really think that way, does he? Or do they? They don't think about the logic of, of how Father Christmas could possibly... Like, what if you have electric heat and there is no chimney? You know, is he coming through the... Anyways, I could go with this. It doesn't make any sense. And so as, as adults, we look at the story of Father Christmas and we can, we can laugh at it and it can be lots of fun. But children can take it dead serious. Caleb had this amazing ability to inform his class when he was about five or six, that the whole story was false. And uh, we, we, had, we had parents coming to us in the playground or after school. We pick it and they're like, I don't know what your traditions as a family, but if you could please tell Caleb to stop telling our kids that the whole story does not, is not true. And so we had to sit little Caleb down and say, son, we know it's not true, but you just need to... Just not tell the rest of your, your classmates that it's not true. Because uh, he, I think, felt the injustice of the situation. That they were believing a lie. And he was going to inform the four-year-olds that it was a lie. <laughs> Much to their dismay. When we get older, we have this ability that reasoning kicks in, right? We, we have, as we, we age, we, we start to be able to look at a situation and and evaluate is, could this possibly be, be true? Even Father Christmas, could this be true? Could it really be true? You start to think through the realities of it. And you think, actually, no, this is a complete lie. Mom and Dad, you've lied to me. You work through it, right? We have life experiences that tell us otherwise. We're let down by people. We, we may even become cynical of, of supernatural things because we realize maybe through experience, those things just don't happen. And our, our thought pro- process starts to prevent us from believing the impossible things of God and receiving from them because we start to bring everything into a logical perspective. But the problem is with God, He's not in a logical perspective. His thoughts are not our thoughts. His ways aren't our ways. His, he's bigger than us. He's got a plan that's beyond our, our, our ideas and our, our perspective. We need to unlearn this thought process when it comes to the kingdom of God, because God wants to do something greater than what we is what we think is rational, or what we think is possible. You see, God moves in the realm of the impossible, and yet we somehow dwell in the realm of the possible. And it's very easy to live that way, even as a Christian, to to live from day to day in the realm of just the possible, what we expect because of what is possible with us. And yet God wants to raise the bar in our lives of His kingdom. His plans are actually in the realm of believing for the impossible. Children can believe for the impossible. Why? Because they have this untainted faith in people or in situations. They, 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 it hasn't been perverted by letdown. And Jesus says to us that, you know what, in order for us to receive from His kingdom, we've got to look back to how a child perceives the world and look to Him in that same way with this, this 
expectation, with this thought process that God, you are bigger than everything. You're my dad and you can conquer the world and you have conquered the world. And I just take it at face value. I I just take it at face value. You said it, so it has to be. You promise it, so you're going to deliver. When God says, I want to give you salvation, I, I want to give you love, I want to bring peace into your life, I want to bring healing, I want to set you free. God wants to do these things in us. And it's not a matter of, of us saying, am I good enough to receive it? Or it somehow, is this possible? Could God really do that? But it's actually standing with a heart wide open saying, God, help my unbelief. I want to believe the impossible. I, I want to look at you, not with a small G, but with a big G. That you are a big God. You're greater than my trials. You're greater than my, my conflicts. You're greater than the situations I face. And I can trust in you because you're my dad. That's one of the things that we learned also with, uh, you'll see with your kids when they're little, they really look at you as the superhero of the family. Don't mess with my dad. Right? The older they get, I think um, Caleb was saying to me the other day that... Um, he wouldn't want to see me in the fight, whether I, so I wouldn't get really hurt. Um, <laughs> somehow the perception has changed from being the invincible dad to, Dad, I think he could take you. <laughs> I, don't, I wouldn't really want to see you in a battle, Dad, because I don't think you would come out alive. Um, and I can't remember what the context was, but I became small D Dad from capital D Dad. And you know what? The same thing can happen with God. God is bigger. And we sometimes bring Him down to a level that's our level. We look at God as like maybe we look at our earthly father. Or we looked at our parents. Thinking, well, they let us down. So God, God is living at that level. But you know, God is bigger than that. And I think we need to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And I think we only can renew our minds when we look at Scripture. And we understand this is who God really is. My perception of Him doesn't change His reality of who He is. This word speaks of His reality. My reasoning does not speak of His reality. It speaks of how I discern it from maybe how I perceive the world. But God is bigger than all of that. And He wants His heart for you and me is to receive His kingdom. To receive His promises, to receive His goodness, to walk in His grace and His love and His power in our lives. He wants us to walk in His fullness. But it doesn't just happen in our striving and working for it. It happens when we can say, God, I believe that You're the God of the impossible. I believe that You're able to move the mountains. You're able to change situations, change people's lives. I'm going to put my hope in You, even though in myself I, 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 I struggle with doubt or fear or whatever. I'm choosing this day to put my hope in you. Just like a child would. Completely abandoned to who you are. And your plans and purposes. As we see in this passage. It says, I tell you the truth. I'm going to read it again. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little... Sorry, I tell you the truth. Anyone who will not receive the kingdom of God like a little child will never enter it. These guys who got baptized today spoke from a simplistic faith. And the challenge for us is to live that simplicity of faith. I just want to live to know God better. 
I, I just want to follow him. So simple. So deeply profound, though, for you and I to live that way. He calls us to simply believe and receive and then enter into his kingdom and, and then live in this place. To be in a place where we expect God because he's God to do things in our lives. Where we look to him as our Abba Father. The God who can change every situation because he's able to. But us bringing our requests before him, bringing our concerns, bringing everything before him as we would a dad. Knowing that he's able to change the universe on our behalf. Do you know what? I, I really believe sometimes, and I, I know even in my own life, I live with less because I don't expect more. God wants us to raise the bar. What God wants us to believe for the impossible. He wants us to, to raise the, the bar of expectation that God could do something greater in your life and in my life. But we need to look at Him as, as the God of the universe. But Emmanuel... With us. He's God with us as well through Jesus Christ, through our relationship with Him. And so wherever, wherever you are on the, the, the journey, maybe today you're, you're sitting here and you've never made a commitment to follow Jesus. Do you know what? It's simply coming like a child and saying, you know what? I just choose to receive what Jesus did upon the cross for me. That He paid for my sin. And I choose to just receive it. I don't have to work for it. I don't have to be good enough to receive it. I just have to receive it. But hands wide open. But then for those who have chosen already that step, our next step is, as, as, as Chris was sharing last week, it's not just getting into the kingdom. It's now living in the kingdom. It's about being in the kingdom. And the kingdom, to receive all that the kingdom has to offer, we have to move into the realm of the impossible. Looking at God as the God of the impossible. And so whatever you're facing today, whatever is going on in your life, can I just raise the bar by the Holy Spirit to, to what could God do in that circumstance if you let Him? Maybe you're today, you're here and you, you're struggling because you've you got worry in your heart or you've got fear in your heart. Do you know what? Those are not things, those are not the, the, the principles of the kingdom of God. I read a great quote by Bill Johnson this past week, where peace is the atmosphere of heaven. Peace is the atmosphere of heaven. And so if we're not living in a state of peace, something's wrong with the atmosphere of God in our, our lives. And it's coming back to that place where we, we say, God, I, I, I surrender these things to you. As a child, we surrender the problems to a, a, a parent. Whether, whatever the issue is, they, they bring those things to the parent and the parent then just comes and takes over. You know, God wants us to do that with Him. Just to bring those things to Him. Knowing that He will take control. And whatever we're projecting into the future. Whatever worry we're, we might be struggling with. You know what? God has a plan for that. If we just can trust Him. That He's got everything in hand. That He's the God of the universe. So I want to encourage you today. Not with great theology or great... Uh, a great discourse of, of Scripture, but really with the childlike faith of the children that just got baptized. That actually, however we want to receive something from His kingdom, needs to come from this context of children. Not from your greatness or theological understanding, but the simplicity of a faith of a child to believe for the impossible. 
Are you catching that? Why don't you stand with me, please? Thank you for listening to this week's podcast at Centre Church. One church, passionately loving God and people in Burgess Hill and Brighton. To get the latest news or for any other information, check out our website at www.centrechurch.uk.